podcast, Johnson. Listen here, see? It's time for... Guns! Games! Cigarettes! Well, fuck me. All right. Uh, you can start the show with that if you like. Welcome to Guns, Dames, Cigarettes, uh, your, your preeminent film noir podcast of the moment. I am Scott, joined as always by the lovely Bill. Hello. Ooh, that was a, Everyone. Very, that was a very bassy hello. Very yeah. nice. Good job. Hey. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we talk about a film noir movie. Sometimes we've seen it. Sometimes we ain't seen it. And uh, we try to spot the gun, the name of the cigarette, of course, in the movie. And then we go through the plot. Full of spoilers. If you have not seen this movie, watch it, then come back. Hey, uh, before we get into it, let's uh, let's play the uh, the commercial for our latest sponsor. Light up the lucky. It's light up time. Be happy, go lucky. It's light up time. For the taste that you like, light up the lucky strike. Relax. It's light up time. And this week is my choice. Uh, and it is a movie from 1947 called The Lady from Shanghai with Orson Welles and Rita Hayworth, his ex wife. Now, were they. Uh... I may have read something wrong, but was were they estranged at the time of filming? Yes, they were. Uh, that's awkward. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It makes the yeah. ending more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. It probably and probably that slap to the face too. Oh, yeah, but wasn't in the script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, during during the court scene. Legally divorced. He snuck it in the screenplay. Ooh. He had a real judge in there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm a big Orson Welles fan, um, even up to his drunken commercials, unfortunately, at the end. Um, but love Orson Welles. His Irish brogue is, yeah, yeah. but he tries. Um, better than mine. Yeah, certainly better than mine, yes. Mine would be very racist. But... Um, <laughs> But he also uh, he wrote this or the right or directed this. Said wrote, directed, wrote, and produced yeah, it. From produced, yes. I was looking at IMDb, and the studio head said that uh, they would never again hire one man to produce, direct, and act because he could never fire him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, and studios didn't like Orson Welles, anyways, very much. Uh, but he's great. I mean, he's good. At, he was good at what he did. Yes, he uh, was. Kind of all around. This is an amazing looking movie. It is, oh, it's, yeah. It is a feast for the eyes. Yeah, it is very, very well shot. So we'll go through the plot and uh, give our verdicts at the end. And here we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I start my notes immediately with Irish Orson Wells uh, yeah. because because that brogue is something. Uh, and I love it. It's like a voiceover of, of Orson Wells kind of walking down the street, and there's a lady being drawn in a horse drawn carriage, um, even though it's. Like in traffic, basically. I have to ask you: Is there, is yeah. there a cat trying to bury invisible cat food nearby, or is that I hear? Oh, um, that would be Bernard, my cat. Well, one of my cats uh, taking a big shit, okay. and when and when he's done, he tries to bury it like a cat would, 
but he will do that for a while, like long okay. after. But he he's just playing at this point. Uh, that's, that's fine because our cats try to bury the bury that area of invisible next to the dry cat food sometimes. And it's the same sound. Oh, Sorry to get off, off topic immediately. No, that's fine. So, uh, so Orson Welles sees this woman and is like immediately smitten. Yeah, I'm just gonna chase. I'm gonna run alongside a wild uh, a horse. Yeah, uh, but there. <laughs> he offers her a cigarette. She doesn't smoke, but she takes it and puts it away. <laughs> yeah, it's a line that's like it's, it's my last one. Like I hope yeah. it goes to good use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, and then she kind of takes off, but. He catches up and sees that she's being kind of hassled by three guys. Yeah, that there were bad intentions there. Yeah, no, nothing good was going to come out of it. But uh, he, he basically just beats the shit out of all three of them mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty handily. Yeah. Um, and then brings her back to the carriage and the driver's knocked out. She's just like, yeah, I'll just fucking drive yeah, it. Fine. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he drives the carriage to where she's staying. Um, and now she goes by Rosalie at this point. It's really yeah. confusing. Her name is Elsa, but she goes by Rosalie. Well, is yeah, is this before? Well, because he doesn't know who she is yet. Could that be yeah. part of the, the fun, quote unquote, of what's happening? I suppose she mentions it a couple of times, though, yeah. <laughs> like later in the movie. I, I don't know. She's like Princess Rosalie. She claims to be a princess. Yeah, I, I, I did text you when I probably the first half hour of the movie that I was thoroughly confused. So did you? I, you did. Oh, yeah. I sent you uh, several texts. You did? Last night. I last did. night about this movie. I did, yeah, well, while I was watching it. I got the latest text, which says, oh, my fuck. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I, didn't sign up, I didn't sign up for no Maritime Noir. Yep. Also, I'm thoroughly confused so far. Yeah, and, and Mr. Then... Bannister is a cross between Cook. Oh, Mark <laughs> he is. He looks like yes, a, a mixture. Yeah, he looks our old boss. Our old asshole boss and Marty Feldman. That's very fair. Yeah. 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 So um, so basically he's uh he, he helps her out um, and talks to her. She offers him a job without saying what that job is, but mentions that she's married as well. Yeah. Uh, and kind of in the same. No, uh, but he's, he says that she's, he's shipping out tomorrow anyways. Well, so is she. Like, kind of come along. Yeah, uh, and I like the card. Yeah, and then, which he promptly rips up. Which I, yeah, that was that was great. Um, and she's digging in her purse, and then he reaches and gives her back the gun that he took from her purse. Yep. Um, but I like the. Uh, I don't know how to shoot, and he just goes, "It's easy. You just pull the trigger." Yeah, it's, that's 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 been has that been like for use in things. Probably, but it's very foreboding in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my next note is a monkey because I yeah. love noting whenever there's a monkey. The monkey and the the guy who the owner of the monkey who is who's part of the the ship crew later. Yeah, he like he talks like, "Hey, you fellas!" Like that's yeah. like, <laughs> he does. <laughs> yes, he he does. He does. <laughs> I noticed that as well. It was. Nice. Um, so now Arthur Bannister, uh, the character, comes looking Arthur, for Mike. Arthur Two Canes Bannister. Yeah, I didn't even notice he had canes at first. It took me a little while, and Is I've he... seen the movie before. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I Is haven't seen normal... it for a long time. But... Was that what? a normal thing like back then to like to walk like that with a cane in each hand, you think? No. It seems very so. inconvenient. Yeah, I guess it would depend on 
what your injury was. So he talks about having like a back injury. Um, maybe it, it's a thing where he should like be in a wheelchair. Is, is he too proud? Probably. Yeah, I mean he's just kind of a douche. So I think he just yeah, took a lot of took a lot of pain pills and hobbled along. And just yeah, he, yeah. He dealt with it. So Arthur Bannister comes looking for Mike to offer him a job. Yeah. And I'm going to alternate between Mike and Michael, depending on who's talking to him, because they change constantly throughout this movie. Or, what do they call Black Irish? Black Irish, yeah. I did not note that, though, because I don't want to keep saying that. Um, <laughs> there's something yeah. about it that I just don't like. <laughs> um, so he's a lawyer, and uh, he's also her husband, as you find yeah. out. And did they, they, did they mention that now, did he get away with murder or did he get someone off who got like who shot their wife in the head five times under the guy under the excuse that they thought it was a burglar yeah that's what it sounded like yeah but i'm trying to remember like they were talking and the people that the uh the parking garage were Mm. like his associates yeah we don't know that weird but yeah that's why i was so that's what like confused me like oh they show up later like i thought they were just like throwaway characters yeah, no, they're yeah, they're not. They'll all show up later. Yeah. Um but he's offering um him a job. So they go for drinks, uh, where Bannister gets cropped. And that's kind of a theme in this movie. Bannister drinks a fucking lot. Yes, he does. And his limit apparently is reached very often. Uh and he talks about how Mike saved his wife earlier, so he clearly has been talked about. Yeah, he knows, he knows who Mike is. So there's there's something up, right? Why would you come get this guy? But yeah, but Mike takes him to his boat, takes him like home, air quotes to his boat. There's a there was a, a important discussion they had about uh, what makes like he has to be a tough guy, and then that other salty seaman talks. Oh, that's a bad choosing of words. The other sailor <laughs> fella, yes. um, uh, he talks no, about no, you know, salty seaman is right. Yeah, salty seaman. That's true, but. Uh, that, yeah, that could be easily taken another way. <laughs> Please sample that talking for yourself. About, <laughs> talking about a different show. Talking about, yeah. like, have, like, about like, having an edge, and it's different for everyone. But yeah, I think it ends up being it ends up being referenced later. So I think it's important to point out that good, good that, point. that dialogue, that conversation. That's all. No, no, good point. You know, as I take notes, I'm kind of doing it oh. chronologically. I don't really go back, so. You don't write down the exact dialogue. Pause <laughs> and and references constantly pausing and referencing back. So it takes four hours. <laughs> to watch an hour and a half movie. <laughs> um, so Mike takes him to his boat. Uh, and of course, Rosalie Elsa is there. Yeah. Uh, and she like begs him to stay. She's like pleading with him to stay. And then the crew. <laughs> Everyone. Pleads for him to stay, if anything, just to take care of her. Uh, mm-hmm. So the crew, my note is the crew wants him to stay, so off they all go. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we have lots of Rita Hayworth in a bathing suit. Yeah. A whole bunch of shots of that with the guy who we don't really know quite well yet, uh, yeah. looking at her through like a little magnif- like a peeping glass, like a, it's a telescope, but it's, was- like a per- it's like a pervy telescope. Oh, it is. It's, a, it's yeah. and he's lots of close-ups of his sweaty face. Yeah, but they're great shots. I oh, mean, they if, you are. Think, if you think about Orson Welles' directing style, he does a lot of close-ups. Yeah, um, he, especially but, of gritty faces. 
Yeah, like including his own, but but this my yep. god, this this guy he had like a little like gap between his teeth and yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah you almost, start... almost like smell the guy. It would it wouldn't be a good smell. He's very unsavory. Yeah. Uh Mahaba Hubba to all those Rita Hero shots. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was yeah, I was too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh once I pushed my eyes back into my head, I, I kept watching. <laughs> and you picked a drop off the floor. <laughs> that's right. Um, so now they're at like a stop, you know, the boat is stopped somewhere. And George Grisby, who is Bannister's partner, hey fella, shows up. He is obnoxious, this guy. Yeah. Um, and like, and he basically <laughs> talks to Michael. He just brings up, like, heard you, heard you kill the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah would you and, kill me? What do you think? Yeah, I'd like you. Yeah, right. He's just, oh, he's just like egging him, egging yeah. him to like punch him. Um, which is just brilliant. The whole conversation is fucking great. And yeah. he's he's just like like I know you like I know what you're up to, yeah. you know. It's like see you later, pal. Like, yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Weirdo. And now, uh, now on board, she starts to flirt with him with Mike, and he slaps her. And I like that because she's like, I didn't think I didn't know you would do that. He's like, neither <laughs> did I. Yeah, and again, that goes back to our point that that was not in the script. There was just them talking to each other. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I, there's a lot of really good. There's a lot of good dialogue in this movie. Yeah. Oh, tons. Uh, but they chat a little bit more, and then they smooch. First smooch. When they smooch, and then he's like, "I." George's like, "I saw that. See you later." He's like, "Going away." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he totally does. Yep. Uh, by the way, we should note that we've already had guns, dames, and cigarettes at this point. Oh, they get them out of the way pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So, so thank just, you. Well, I just want to make sure someone listening is not like they haven't mentioned it yet, and I want to make sure that we cover all our normal. <laughs> we're gonna cases. get we'll get a, we'll get angry letters. I don't want to be sanctioned by the podcasting bureau. <laughs> yeah, well, they're very strict. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so that night, um, I have Bannister talks at Mike about the need of money in life. So there's a whole lot of uh, dialogue that goes on. It's Mike and Bannister and a very very drunk Grisby. Uh, oh yeah. Sweatier than ever. Oh, this yeah. man is just a puddle, dripping. Um, and, and of course Elsa, uh, and they're they're kind of goading each other, like it's like there is this horrible dynamic between all of them. Uh, I mean, on purpose for the movie, not from an acting standpoint. Uh, yeah. And they t- and Mike basically is like of someone that money is no mind in, doesn't matter. You know, he does things like to do things. Whereas banishers more like money buys you happiness. Like, look at my life. Yeah. Uh, Except I mean, my legs. Don't look at my legs. <laughs> don't look at my legs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, is this where he does the... No, not yet. It's, uh, it's, well, it's just she, she sings. Yeah, the shark thing comes oh, up. In, also, in the, it, it's the next one. He got annoying when... Because he's always like... Hey, lover. He keeps calling well, me lover. Oh. That's my next thing. So, oh. Rosal- so Rosalie sings, kind of enchanting Mike. He just kind of watches her sing. Yeah. Uh, and Banisher keeps calling her lover uh. and mentioning how he brought Mike along. Like, calling it out. Like, <laughs> so you're like, so you know, right, that he's they're interested in each other. You have to know. You yeah, keep yeah. mentioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there's a really quick shot of him talking, and I and I didn't know who it was. I didn't go back. I don't know if it's the detective that we find out about in a little bit, or if it was Grisby, who's talking to him. And he's like, "You don't think I already know that there's a plot against my life?" Oh, um, I think it was George. Okay. No, 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 I, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. It was a detective, oh, he's, right? He's it was like it was the detective who was talking to. Yeah, and I don't. At this point in the movie, we've seen this guy, but we haven't been introduced to him. I think that's that's a broom. Yeah, broom. broom. Okay, because so does... his his uh, gap and his two front teeth is even bigger than George's. That's the <laughs> that's the distinguishing mark. Somehow. Yeah. So <laughs> amazing. Because that's the Orson Welles casting call classic. Yes. Gap teeth. Yeah, actually, yeah, he has like a tiny like measuring thing. He's like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> no, oh, this right. guy. Oh, Ted DeCorsia? Oh, you get the part. Like as, lo- as long as I can slide a hot dog through those two front teeth, you're oh. good. <laughs> That's adventure. Slowly. Nice and slow. <laughs> but he, so he's talking about a plot on his life that he's already aware of. Um, and then there's a great voiceover uh, of Mike talking about men like Bannister and how he they stop for a picnic and even that's like over the top. Like it nothing was. is simple, and they yeah. set off down like this, just like crocodiles I, and stuff. Yeah, I think they crossed an entire island because they right. they end up in open water someplace else. It's true. Yeah, they're going down like this, like a like river or inlet or whatever. Uh, and I love there's a crocodile. The guy's trying to steer around. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it's George. Like, ter- like terrified of it. That's the only time uh, that George shows any like common sense in the movie. So, but they have like picnic baskets. By the time they get down there, it's all tents and there's like a million oh, people. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have a drunk Grisby and a drunk Bannister badger her about Michael. Yeah. Uh, which is not quite totally fair because George kind of sticks up for her uh, a bit. A like, don't, bit yeah. like don't pick on her, basically. Yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas Bannister is really needling, uh, needling her. So they call Mike over. They get they get him. I love the guy. The guy just runs through water. To get, to get <laughs> yeah, <him. laughs> but, yeah. But but Mike walks around dry land to get now. I have to admit, I was like, I wonder if he's gonna walk through the water because yeah. at every point in this movie, he's wearing all white, like this yes. all white. And I'm like, oh, that's gonna be really funny if he shows up and his pants are wet. So it's like see through yeah. bottoms, you know, like a bo- <laughs> underneath underneath his knees are just see through. I'd like to note that uh, anytime, like all these boat scenes, it's like yeah. a captain's coat with no shirt. Yes, no, no shirt underneath. At no all shirt. times too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, he does walk around. Um, and they talk for like a minute, and then she actually mentions, um, like she insinuates that Bannister has something over. Her. Like, why don't you tell him what you have over me? Yeah, uh, and like that's why they're married is that he has some knowledge over I mailed into marriage, right? Um, and Mike tells a really good story oh, about awesome sharks, story. uh, these sharks that he saw that they fed on each other, yep, you know, and, and until uh, they ate, they all died from eating each other. And he says that this picnic is worse, yep, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking great, which is great too because. Uh, Bannister's like, oh, we're gonna resort to name calling. Like you're, you're out of your league, buddy. And then he like, yeah. shuts him up with that story, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's a, it's a bad story. Yeah, like bad in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now we're in Acapulco. Uh, they stop off at Acapulco. 
Uh, and Grisby and Mike go ashore. Grisby's like, "Yeah, come on with me." Yeah. Uh, so he he offers Mike five. He's like, "What if I give you five thousand dollars to kill someone?" <laughs> uh, and then he's like, "You know, it would depend on who it was." Yeah, he's interested, but he needs to know who it is. Yeah. And he's like, "Me? <laughs> I'm not crazy." <laughs> right. Uh, and then that's kind of it. Like he just kind of does like <laughs> and leaves. Yeah, he, he says I'm not crazy. Like I'm like I'm not drunk. I'm, yeah, and then, and then he has like a crazy laugh, and I'm see you later, and walks away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so now we're back with her, uh, and they talk. They have a little talk about whether suicide is right or wrong because she's considered it before as well. Yeah, uh, well, I thought it was strange though the way they get to this scene. They just cut to like some fancy dinner party, and she's just walking away from Bannister. He's like, "Hey," and she just <laughs> she somehow finds Mike in the city. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Plots. Yeah. Um, so now we have uh, it's the detective who Broom. Broom, who we saw talking to him about the plot, shows up. He's like, "Yeah, like, yeah. What if I told Bannister about what I see here?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and he just punched out. <laughs> Reese Stooges style. They sped it up too. <laughs> they did. Uh, so then they go somewhere else. I don't know where exactly. And then they do a slow dance and talk. Yep. <laughs> That's what you uh, do after you board an attempted murder. That's right. So now we're, we're, we're still moving. So we dock at Sausalito across from San Francisco. But they dock uh, it. They dock there just to drive back to San Francisco, though. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, but Mike tries to get her to leave and go with him. He's like, like, don't go back. Come with, come with me. Yeah, because he's like, we have $5,000 to start. That's right, something. which of course is anyway that he will take the job to kill Grisby. Uh, so he asks, yeah, what if he had $5,000? So he meets with Grisby, who does this explanation that if he dies, there's an agreement with him and Bannister, because they're part of the, like a law firm together, yep. where there's like insurance, and he would get money if he dies, and it didn't make any sense to me at the time, and later on they even spell out how stupid this is. But <laughs> He wants to go off and live like on an island somewhere, and he wants to have his money, but he doesn't want to pay taxes or do anything legal yeah. with this money. Basically, yeah, uh, he wants to be off the grid dead. with his money. So the plan is for Mike to kill him, but not really. He's just going to confess to killing him, and therefore he'll yeah, be considered the, dead. The plan is that he was supposedly shot and the body went into some into the ocean and the, yeah the tide takes it out and then More he'll take it. off right no body no crime is the place yeah even there. though if you admit to it you can't find the body yep right right is that actually is that is that in any way true do you think or would it have been in the 40s that doesn't sound well, like it would fly today if you're admitting to a murder something's happening to you no i mean you could go into so let's say you went in tonight. You went into your local police precinct and went, I killed a man. And I killed mm -hmm. this guy. I have his name. I killed this guy. And then they go to talk to, oh, let's investigate. This guy's crazy, but let's take a look. They go to find the guy you're talking about, and they can't find him. Okay? There's no evidence that you did anything. So, and yeah, admitting to something where there's zero evidence, you would not be arrested. There's no crime. They are. They are going to have some type of evidence in this with you know a gun being shot. There's like yeah. a some. But there's no evidence that he was there, or it's just it could be a crazy person. You can't. 
True. Should yeah. I try it and see what happens? Okay. I'll let you know how it goes with, with my one call from prison. But yeah, if I don't hear from you. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not here in two weeks for the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of skipped ahead. They go to they go to um, to his office that night and have this conversation. Oh yeah, that's where they that's yeah, that's where he gets all the details. The full plan, yeah. I did uh, like his uh, his little wall safe. His little what? He reached the button for his wall safe. The door, like the piece of wall slides. And oh yeah, yeah. There. yeah. That was nice. He gives him like half the money up front or something. Uh, but we have also there was a. A side message from one of the crew members that whispered to Mike earlier to meet her at the aquarium that night. Yes. Yeah, that's so now, been like the, pretty much done. He's been dropped off. Yeah. yeah. So he now goes there to meet her at the aquarium. At the uh, aquarium with the everything with all the sea life was enormous. Yes. It was just the this aquarium is just a hundred percent glass. It's hundred percent glass and it's three hundred percent size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With also the nor the nosiest group of people I've ever seen in my fucking life, but which will come into yes, it comes into yeah. play later. Yeah. So <laughs> he meets her at the aquarium and tells her the plan, uh, like what this plan with Brisbane was, and she warns him that it's a trap by her husband. Like it has to be. It's a trap by her husband. Please don't do this, but go with Grisby, follow him, and keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Don't kill him, but follow him and see what he does. Which doesn't—I mean, it does—it does add up later when you find out what the plan was, what the plan turned into, and what you think the plan is. Yeah, it was—it was, it was um, still a lot for me to try to take in. Right. So at the house, um, the private eye, Sydney Room, he tells Grisby he knows all about his plan. He likes looking he heard, into things. He, right? Yeah, that's right, mister. He heard everything. Uh, he knows all about this plan. Um, he knows that Grisby, Gris, George, Grisby loves Elsa yeah. uh, and wants to frame Mike. So Grisby shoots him, as you do when someone says something you don't like. Uh, and then he throws the gun in the car. So you, you assume at this point that Broom is probably dead. Uh, that's what and, I thought. Yep, and he's just like, come on, like we gotta go now. Get now, you're gonna go kill me. So Mike hears the gunshots, uh, and he's just like, he's shooting at targets or something stupid, like a terrible excuse. Dummy. Uh, and they they take off with Mike driving. So this is a great. This is one of my favorite shots of the movie. So this is you cut to Broom is now crawling into the house. He's been it's shot. Bloody. Very bloody. Uh, bloody, yep, through the through the kitchen door. At the same time, you have Elsa getting ready to press the service button labeled kitchen. So he's climbing into the kitchen door. She's pressing the kitchen button. They're driving, and as she presses the button, the buzzer goes off. That makes Broom look, and they hit the back of a truck as they're driving. Yeah. So it's like these three things combining into this really fast shot. Uh, which I loved. I thought it was a great shot. And a really fucked up car, by the way. Uh, yeah, the, truck, the truck is just immaculate. I like how casual. Yeah, we're fine. Here's my card. All right. And he's like, <laughs> okay, Mr. See you later. Well, so it's smart. I don't really know why how, why or how he crashed into it. He just like, didn't see it, I guess. The car was truck was stopped like at a stop sign. Yeah, um, but the lights were on. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't really explain what happened there exactly. But, um, yeah, the truck driver comes out and, and sees them. So Grisby's like, this is great. Like someone saw us together. Yeah. And look at all bloody. He's like putting blood yeah. on him. Yeah, we could have his coat on the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't make any sense, by the way. Why would there be any fucking blood anywhere? You shot a guy and pushed him into the ocean. There's no blood on you. There's no blood on no, the he's, car. He's, just, he's caught up in the moment. He's having a great time. Right, just smeared, smeared blood everywhere. <laughs> um, and Broom, back at the house, tells Elsa that her husband's going to be killed. Yeah. Like he got, like, you know. He's so a that, scoop lady. That's right. He's dying, though. He's like, I got the scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Down at the dock now, Mike is supposed to shoot the gun when he hears Grisby's boat leaving. So Grisby's going to take off, and then Mike's going to shoot at nothing. And that's and that will, target practice. Is the excuse? Yeah, say that you're doing target practice. If anyone asks, which he which he does to my delight. So, <laughs> uh, so he does this. Uh, people come running out of everywhere. Yes, and it, people come out. Of, people should come out of the water. <laughs> just like waiting up like, and waiting ashore. Like a guy who came out of the water, like in his like nightgown with a ca- like candle. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you kids always shooting up my water. <laughs> it's a great shot though of him running down the dock and just people coming from everywhere. And someone's going like, call the law in the background. <laughs> call the law. I love that. Um <laughs> but um he stops, <laughs> excuse me, he's at a payphone um, to call Elsa, oh. but he gets Broom on the phone instead. Yeah. And he, he tells him to get to the office and it says, you was framed. <laughs> I told you. Now, when I, these, these particular types of phones, mm. they because of the world we're living in now, I'm thinking of just the number of diseases that's so close oh. to your mouth and that little like thing you have to speak into. I don't know if you're, I mean, you've used payphones in your life. I've definitely been to payphones where you could just smell the breath of the person oh, that yeah. had it before. Yeah. Yeah. I bet this, I bet this device, like this, you know, 1940s one, it's like trapped in there and you're like, if you blow into it, it would come back out into your mouth. And oh, oh, you can <laughs> taste hundreds of people. <laughs> Gross. Uh, so Mike races down to the office and there's cops fucking everywhere. I keep he pulls up in a destroyed car with blood all oh, over it. And... Yeah, the the cold windshield smashed out from the accident. And I love the cops here. It's like, look at him, he's covered in blood. Hey, yeah. what's this? He pulls out the confession note. Yeah. Did we, did we mention the confession note? In oh, no, we didn't actually. So so back at the, during part of the plan, Grisby drafted up a confession that Mike was supposed to have made, confessing to having it killed him. That's what's gonna give him the money. Mike's going to claim he killed him. Therefore, yep. he's dead. Therefore, insurance pays out. Yes. So, he, I think they find the confession just by illegally searching him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Bannister walks out. Yeah. You, you think all this time that Bannister is being killed, but he, you see the, a lot of great shots of Bannister uh, emerging onto scenes, and it's usually in shadow with just the the um, canes. Okay. Or, yeah, and the, it's really well done because it's very like uh, it's what's the word I'm trying to think of? 
Like, just when you, you know, when you make quite the appearance of something, when someone's in one of these movies, it's usually like a dun, dun, dun kind of moment. For him, it's always this shot of these canes emerging from the darkness. It kinda... dissolves into the scene. Yeah, I, I still thought it was a very cool effect. So, yeah, so he's still alive. And, uh, by the way, Grisby was found dead in the street right here, holding Mike's cap. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp. Let's take it out of the car. He's like, hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's um, they do find a stretcher uncovered. Dead body. <laughs> it's the 40s. <laughs> so Bannister tells Elsa that he's Mike's going to need a great lawyer because he clearly shot Grisby. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, right? They have a they have a long conversation about it. Like he shouldn't be representing him because he was on his like one of his crew members shot his partner. Kind of like, well, who else could get him off of this, though? I'm the best lawyer that ever lived. Yeah, he's, he claims that he's never lost a case. Right. So he's going to be the lawyer, which is funny, because, like, why would Mike agree to this? But okay. Just At say, this point, help, no. For you, this, 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 Orson Welles is just like... <laughs> just nodding, yes. Oh, sure, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's court time. We have a nice court. Court, it, uh, it, goes of the from, movie. it goes from maritime noir to courtroom drama. It's Perry Mason. Um, and uh, I mean, not much goes on in the court. It's a lot of shouting between the defense attorney of uh, like Bannister uh, and the DA. Uh, Why does someone in the uh, jury keep sneezing? That is a note I have. What's up with the sneezing juror? Yeah. What is the deal? He sneezes like a ton, obviously on purpose. But I don't right. understand the purpose. They're like Orson Welles is like, let's see me, let me see how much sneezing I can get into this movie. <laughs> you think it's like the it's like the super troopers like listen here, meow. It's like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing how many sneezes he gives. If you look back at the movie, there's sneezes in every scene. You just don't know. Yeah, or like the criterion. That's just like there's like ten more sneezes from that juror. <laughs> there's there's just there's a lot of sneezes, and at one point one of the jurors like laughs out loud and gets admonished for laughing, and you're like, what is happening? Yeah. The show woman's like eating and like takes something out of her mouth and just puts it on the floor. This is like the worst jury ever. Ever. It, it was like it was like turning into like a David Lynch court case, kind of. <laughs> a little bit. So the defense calls Bannister, dun, dun, dun. and he's like, "This has never been done before." It cuts to like two reporters, like I've never seen this happen before. Yeah, people. Uh, is that when, when like people or they show people? in the courtroom talking and they show it to two Japanese women and they're like talking their language. And then one's like, you ain't kidding. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he gets banished or banished. like, I'll testify as long as my client has no objections. And they cut to Mike. He's just staring like what the fuck is happening. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he gets on the stand. It was actually Orson Welles confused with his own script. He was trying to look through it, and it <laughs> they kept filming. <laughs> He's just like thinking, like, why, why would they have done this? Wait, wait a second. I wrote it. What's the motivation here? <laughs> so he tries to get her basically to say that Mike was like an angry crew member. Okay, uh, so he wanted to quit. Yeah, he brings that up because Mike did say at one point that he wanted to quit, like 45 minutes ago in the movie. Yeah. Um, but Bannister cross-examines himself. Hilariously. Hilariously. 
Uh, to basically say, like, Mike's not guilty because he has such good character. And if he didn't have such good character, he'd never have hired him. Yeah. Pretty much, right? I mean, that's the summation of his back and forth that he does with himself, where everyone laughs after every single line. Yeah. Oh, you uh, weren't? I was. You, uh, well, I wasn't really. No. I have to admit it. <laughs> wasn't laughing. Uh, and next, they subpoena Elsa. They subpoena yeah. her right in the courtroom. And Sydney Brooms held up as as uh, as brought up. Uh, they mentioned him, like and say, like you know, he's usually hired by your husband, the lawyer, in divorce cases. He's a divorce case detective. He tries to like spy on someone in the divorce case. You catch my drift, Elsa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he tries to get her to admit that Mike loves her. But she doesn't really go along with it. She says, "Like, what she say? Like, he's he was very respectful. respectful. Yeah, he, you know, he's like, you know, he's maybe he's fond of me, right? You know, what do you mean by fond? Yeah, fond link. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but he says you were even seen in this city at the aquarium kissing him, and she can't deny that. And she doesn't. She does like a kind of a sad." You know, yeah. Got me. So now we have a, a weird child. The um, the judge is playing chess. Right, with himself. With himself. I feel like this, uh, yeah, it definitely seems like they're waiting for the jury's basically like deliberating, right? Yes, yeah, exactly right. They have like, the sound like the foghorn keeps going off. While, while <laughs> yeah, the, right. were people waiting. It was Orson Welles, and he was going, okay, how do we let them know this is still a maritime movie? Yeah, <laughs> you gotta keep that Foghorn. Foghorn. Um, so the jury's back with the verdict, and now we get Bannister admitting to Mike he hopes he loses so that oh, Mike is guilty, so that he yeah. goes to the electric chair and he can watch him die. But he says he's gonna ask him to like, uh, extend, like you know, what's I forget the exact wording, but like you know, uh, appeal the, the, the a stay to the death sentence so he can like live longer to die. I like, guess what he yeah. says. Yeah. Very dark. Yeah, yeah. and Mike tells him, but Mike tells him that he's not going to die because he knows who actually murdered Grisby. Hmm. And then he watches Bannister take his pain pills, which is he's done several times in the movie. Yep. Um, And he's been mentioned, because she mentioned actually wanting to commit suicide once looking at the pills. The pills have been brought up a few times. Foreshadowing, yep. Yeah, uh, and Mike grabs a bunch and downs him. And everyone and flips up. Dude, people in the back that clearly could not have seen what happened are freaking out. Everybody's the, freaking out. One of those nosy old women from the aquarium. Yeah. Uh, so they rush him out of the room to get a doctor. And then <laughs> the whole thing is like, uh, we just have to make him walk, walk around yep. a lot. Yep. Uh, but I love that. Like everybody's in this room, and the judge is like, "I need people in here. People are going crazy." Yeah. So now everybody leaves the room with them, except for like two guards. Or now, oh, just one guard. One guard. No, one's walking. walking him around, and then there's another one that he fights. There's two that he fights. Yeah, but the, the second one comes back in because he he knocks oh, the first. One. Fair. Really trash okay. the judge's office too. Dude, this scene's ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, so Mike yeah, he knocks out the guard that's walking him around because. He was faking being that knocked out, mm-hmm. and uh, and then that other car that fight goes on. 
I actually wrote a note before it finished because I knew I was going to end, but it just kept going. I'm like, he knocks the guard out. Oh, Wait a second. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then he it, punches it up and he hits it the back of his head into like a glass book shelf. Yeah, yeah. I was like, how he's doing? Nope. Uh, it ends finally when he pulls an entire bookcase down on him. No, that actually misses him. He smashes something like off of the desk onto his the back of his head. That's what does him in. Fuck, you're right. Yeah, you're Cause, right. Because I'm like, oh, he's gonna kill him with a bookcase, and thankfully yeah. he missed. And that, but Mike does then run out, and he mingles in with the jury for another case that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, and I love this because you can hear someone talking about the case, and yeah, you hear a cop go like, "Hey, you." And, and he's like, like, "You can see Mike's face, like, ah, fuck." No talking about the case. Yeah. Don't make like me warn you again. Like when the judge goes into his office. I think at first he's like, my chess. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. My thing. So. Uh, um, and now the two people from the boat, from the crew from the boat, see him, by the way, escaping. Yeah. Uh, and create a diversion. They're like, you went that way. Yeah. Point the opposite direction. Which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, and Elsa now is looking at a window and sees him running away, and she takes chase mm-hmm. after him. So now he goes into a show uh, in Chinatown, the weirdest fucking show I've ever seen. By the way, uh, well, to, I don't, to you maybe. I think to anyone, this whole show is bizarre. I don't even understand. It's just like gong, and then someone will say something, maybe. And then kind of like a ding, 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 ding sound. And then like a gong. Like There was, there was a lot of harsh uh, percussion. There's nothing happening, though. There's no like movement on the stage, really. It's very strange. So he, he goes into the show in Chinatown. Um, and she follows. And at this point, she's speaking in Chinese. Because she does mention at one point that she lived in Shanghai. Yes. I think I... I I've, Spoke out of line earlier when I said there was two Japanese women in the courtroom. They were probably, Chinese. probably Chinese. Apologies yeah. to anyone yeah. for that. Um, but uh, so she talks to the people who keep guiding her down the street towards the show. And then she goes and she gets the ticket and goes inside to the show. And she sees him in there. Uh, and she goes. And she's backstage. Uh, well, and uses she, the phone. Yeah, calls Lee. Yeah, yeah. Someone named Lee, and they they speak in Chinese. Uh, and then the next shot is of her sliding in and sitting next to Mike. Um, and now they talk to her like she's like, "Well, like you sh- like you shouldn't have run," um, kind of a thing. And police come in. Everyone's she- nervous about the police being there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and she's like, like, um, and they embrace. So he can kind of hide his face. Yeah. Uh, but he sneaks behind her and takes her gun out of her purse. Yeah, and holds he it on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he accuses her of killing Grisby and then passes out. Yeah, the drugs taking, cut out to him. <laughs> yeah, he's taking too many pills. He says that, that he, that he thinks he took too many. Uh, and now there's a voiceover again describing what's going on and that uh, he's being taken to an empty amusement park and he wakes up in the crazy house. Which is awesome like crazy house. house. Yeah. Um, and he thought he was crazy when he woke up. <laughs> yeah. I <can> see that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
there's there's some great shots in this man, but um, we'll, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. So he wakes up in the crazy house or the fun house, and he's talking about the real plan at this point. So the real plan was for Grisby to kill Bannister. Then she would get the insurance money and share it with George because he yeah. killed. Yeah. But once he, once Broom got involved, it was like, I know what's going on here. See? Mm-hmm. And Grisby shot Broom. It was over. She wanted like out of this fucking plant. Like George went, George should not have shot Broom. He went rogue. Yeah. So she shot George. And was just going to frame Mike for it because Mike was involved because of the stupid confession and and the whole thing just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, what? Yeah, he was going to get the insurance money on himself, but he's dead. How would that work? Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. The plan doesn't make any sense. The original plan. So he's the fall guy. And there are some great fun house shots here as he runs away. Oh, my away. God. Also, it seems extremely dangerous to Dude, anyone who goes through it. That's a slide. <laughs> yeah, the slide. The slide alone. Like kids died drop. on that slide. Yeah, there's no way bones weren't broken. Yeah, if, I bet if like a kid fell off, that they'd like take ten minutes to like sweep him out with a broom and then reopen again. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he would he would just dress him up like a like a drunk clown and shove yep, him off like in the corner. After the show. <laughs> but it, it was it seemed like you could go in various directions and it's like fall and get hurt absolutely it, no it's crazy it was a crazy house it was crazy yeah it led up to his name oh man but there's a great shot i mean this whole movie has a lot of great cinematography but what well, this especially this yeah then, the lighting and the shadows and just the mood of this place is is really nuts um so you now see her facing him um, mm-hmm. and she admits to all of it like like totally like yeah like you're absolutely right and now in comes Bannister making oh, another yeah. great entrance with the funhouse mirrors and now there's like 10 of them 20 Boy. of them maybe uh, all great shots of him on his crutches or yeah. whatever the fuck they are um, standing <laughs> sitting up this is a great shot um, and he Tells her, like, don't do anything foolish. Like, I left a letter with the DA. You won't shoot me. Right. Here's explaining. Yeah, explaining everything. And then he pulls a gun on her. And she has a gun on him. And then just bullets start flying. And, boy, it's a great scene. With just a lot of mirrors. Mirrors get, uh, There's a lot of bad luck in this scene. Just and mirrors they, getting shot at everywhere. I don't know. I wasn't too, uh, I don't know, but the they put, like, that broken glass thing over over the film yeah i didn't know about that yeah yeah tried it it almost seemed like gimmicky a little bit it's like a william castle move well yeah but it's you know probably 20 years for william castle would have tried it if he tried it though he would have done that and he would have like thrown broken glass at the audience <laughs> <laughs> you know he would have guaranteed four injuries a night yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah look at uh, these three bandages. <laughs> that would be the gimmick, like real nurses come in and bandage you up as you watch the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yes, there's a triage on the way out. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so they 
Mirrors are getting shot out. There's glass flying everywhere, and you see blood on her. Bannister's shot dead. Like Bannister's just shot, and he's just like, you should, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, and Elsa's clearly wounded. Yeah, she's down and crawling, and Mike's like kind of walking towards the door a little bit, and she screams out like, "I don't want to die." Yeah, she's afraid. And uh, excuse me. And he walks right through the fucking turnstile, like "fuck you." Yeah. And and he's like, "I went to call the police, but I knew she'd be dead by the time they arrived." Yeah. And it's him walking away with a little voiceover, just like hoping he, in time, he'll forget about her. Yeah. And then, and in a deleted scene, thinking to himself, hoping the roller coaster is open. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Boy, all the people that were not so great in this movie got it. Which is good. Yeah, really. Everyone died except the for sharks, the crew. The sharks eat themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that is the full plot of The Lady from Shanghai. It was good. I enjoyed it. My first time yeah. seeing it. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, the I'm glad you liked it. Especially. Oh, yeah. Time. It's a great scene. There's a lot of really great shots, though. Even the boat shots um, are done very well. There's a lot of cool, you know, you know, there's like fake backgrounds kind of happening, but yeah, um, actually, one that seemed like a uh, rear projection was when George and Mike are at the 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 bar after docking in Sausalito, and then uh, they call out to uh, Bannister outside. Mm-hmm. You could tell that wasn't it wasn't really outside. There's a couple like that. There's one with her walking down the street. And crossing a street, but clearly the street that she's crossing in front of is projected. Yeah, well, that makes I've, that's more common. This was weird because looking at a window to like a main character in your movie. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a, a by choice or I don't know what that was, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Wells have been directing movies for a while at this point. He was out of plays, so I don't know. Hmm. I mean, he came from theater, so maybe. You use that as like a trick, kind of thinking it would. Was he using rear projection in his theater productions? <laughs> That's something I don't. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but all still, this, all, all this place took place in cars, facing forward with. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I, I watched this movie on Amazon Prime, where if you're a member, you can watch it for free. But they have two versions of it. They have the version I watched, which is free with Amazon Prime. They have a $3.99 version, which is marked as not rated, which made me laugh. I'm like, oh, the unrated cut of this movie where Rita Hayworth's top falls off? I don't know. Like, what could this possibly be? It's the, it's the same exact time. Oh. So weird. it's the same cut. Uh, so but it looks... I mean, it's a it's a classic movie. Uh, therefore, it's been taken well care of over time, so it still looks great. Yeah, I have it, and I, men look fine. I think it was just from a DVD, but it yeah. looked good. Just because you do get these very close close-ups um, of very grizzled, haggard faces with creases and sweat and stubble, and they just look... They look amazing and, and really, really like, almost like high def. Uh, I thought. Oh no! Yeah, it was. Yeah. But especially the the George characters, especially every time yeah. close up on him, he's just 
If you like, you want to take a towel and like wipe your screen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he was just a hot actor, like ran hot, or if they yeah. just like doused him. Like, no, more. Just like spray him with Windex, like before every shot. <laughs> to make him more, to make him irritable. <laughs> it's just always in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he was squinting a lot, so. That's right. <laughs> um. So, yes, do you want to give your, your rating? Yeah, I, I'm going to give this a, a strong seven. Um, as the story went along, it, it made more sense to me. Like at first, I was like, "What the hell is happening?" Yeah. But I mean, you know, these very uh, despicable characters, and you're glad to see him get it in the end. Uh, but I, th- I think the high point for me was the uh, the actor who played George in this movie. Um, He's great. Oh, and his, what was his name? His name was uh, Glenn Anders. Um. So I don't know if he's done any other like weird, crazy, sweaty man roles, but I mean, he nailed it in this one. And he was like, it was almost like it, it wasn't meant to be, but it was almost like comically sometimes. And he'd be like, like, see you later. Like his voice would get weird and high. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He came up very unhinged. Which yeah. Is, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He was good. I read that. I guess Errol Flynn was a man in background outside of Cantina at some point in this movie. Oh, so that happened. God. I think yeah. he was not not meant to be. He was just drinking out the cantina. Yeah, he was still dressed as Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. All right, so seven. Seven's good. Yeah, but yeah, this the, the like the funhouse scene, especially that like I would just watch that portion again on its own. Well, you sent me the the, the the gif of him going down the slide, which is great. But yeah, like I'm I'm wondering, was it not too slippery? Like, if anyone went down that, would they <laughs> suffer the same? You know, which you would just go. It's going on my back. I mean, I know he was like, you know, fearful yeah. of his life or whatever, but yeah. oh yeah, those those sides of the slide need to be like two feet higher at least on either side. The whole thing was just terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I give this movie an eight. Um, I, I've seen it before and not for a very long time, uh, and I think since the last time I saw it, uh, I've grown much more into an Orson Welles fan. I didn't really know much about him. Uh, back mm-hmm. back when I think I saw this probably when I was like twenty, so like nineteen forty or so, and um, <laughs> I love Orson Welles a lot. I just think he's a, was a great director. He's a great actor, um, and I I love him in this uh, per- perfect casting. He does have that weird Irish brogue. By about five or ten minutes in, I, I didn't really notice it so much. You know, not me either. Uh, at first, at least, it was like, oh. Yeah, it's off-putting at first, but then it's like, all right, it's fine. I buy it. You're good. <laughs> uh, everyone's good. And Rita Hayworth's great uh, in this yeah, kind of, was. especially when you figure out that she's screwing everybody <laughs> over. <Yeah. laughs> um, it's kind of great. The guy who played George was fantastic. Um, yeah. Get a lot of great shots. Um, the movie moves along pretty fast. There's a lot of stops like on that boat trip, <laughs> but it's fast. It's like each one, something important to the plot happens at each point. And, and I love that. Everything just kept driving that plot along. Uh, there's actually a decent twist in the movie uh, as it goes along. I, lo- I thought the courtroom scenes were great. Really well shot too. A lot of overhead shots, uh, which are kind of cool of the courtroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Just, just cool framing, you know. Uh, very, very imaginative. Or imaginative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I mention the uh, the actor who played the judge? His name is Erskine Sanford. 
He was in a movie from 1938 called Too Much Johnson. We have talked about this movie. Have we? I, who else? Oh, let's too, see who else. Too Much Johnson. We've mentioned this movie before. I think I sent a. Uh, it was a. Looked like it was a play too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Too Much Johnson is directed by. Oh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. There we go. We have to. Maybe that'll be a movie in another podcast for another day. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Movies with Johnson in the title. <laughs> exactly right. The Johnson cast. Ooh, somebody um, up in that movie too. Yeah, I like this a lot. I would highly recommend it if you have not seen it. It's, oh uh, yeah, it's, I it's agree. Great, a great movie and one that I doesn't really show up on a lot of uh, best of film noir lists. Like if you look for, you know, your top twenty recommendations, uh, this might not be on there. But uh, I think it's well worth seeking out. Do you think it's because the story is a little more? Uh layered to be nice or just... um i don't know really i mean i i don't think it did very well when it came out and i think it's kind of fallen under the radar but i also think a lot of people have this weird dislike of orson welles um so there's a stigma to it i think well you get the people that are like citizen kids are overrated and therefore they're not going to watch anything that guy did yeah, um by the way it's not overrated. It's fucking fantastic. And he did lots of other fantastic movies. Uh, I mean, even casting Charlton Heston as a Mexican. I still love it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, highly recommended. That was The Lady from Shanghai. I have my choice. Cool. I'm what do you got? Uh, I'm going back uh, to another prison movie. Uh, okay. Uh, riot in cell block 11 mm. which uh 1954 uh quentin tarantino called it the best prison film ever made all right uh, it stars neville brand who i know we've seen in something when he was a total bastard yeah it sounds familiar neville so, brand all right that's next time on guns dame cigarettes cool yeah if you made it this far god bless you thanks for tuning in and uh See you in a couple weeks. Yeah, goodbye. Bye. Guns. Games. Cigarettes.